0: And This is another episode of the Capital Crossover Podcast, and this is your host, Kyle J. Andrews. And I'm joined by another guest. This is, you know, back-to-back guest. I'm glad that we, we're having more and more episodes each week just because it's playoff time, but it's also about to get into, you know, the draft and free agency and the rest of the offseason down the line, but we can wait for that. We do have Greg Finberg on on the other side of this. And Greg, just just tell us a little bit about what you do and, you know, about yourself and how you became a Wizards fan, because you have a pretty interesting story on that end.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm Greg Finberg. Um, Some of you may know me from from Twitter. I've been tweeting about the Wizards for about a year now. Uh, I'm a first year student at Penn State University studying sports journalism, Uh, but I became a Wizards fan. I'm originally from South Jersey in the Voorhees Township area, uh, right outside Philly, but My dad's from Fairfax County up in Burke um, in Virginia. Whole family's from the DMV area. So, you know, dad's been a Bullets fan, um, even uh, a Commanders fan, uh, Orioles fan, and just passed it all down to me. So I've been a Wizards fan since, I can remember, since 2010, 2011. Um, I saw the glory days of John and Brad. Uh, 2017, probably the best year to be a Wizards fan, if I can remember. But the last couple of years have definitely been a little tough for me, but yeah, that that's how I became a Wizards fan. Yeah, I didn't know you're a Orioles fan too. That that's that's my good. Dad, my dad's an Orioles fan. I'm a Nats fan. So oh, you're yeah, a Nats uh, fan. Okay. Yeah, well,
0: little shout little out to though. your dad though for like and like Not sticking dad, with the yeah. through all this time because that that had to have been tough. Um, except for you know, of course, they had 2012 to 2016. Yeah. Um, that was that was a great time. I was actually on the grounds crew as. You know, people have listened to this podcast. Like I've talked about my time on the grounds crew when I was in high school, or I guess on the tarp crew, not the grounds crew. We were separate. We were part timers, and we mostly just pushed the tarp out. But 2011, 2012 tarp crew, and then 2016 I was on the event staff. And then I actually covered the team for two years, so that's pretty cool. And then I, I'll, I'll tell you a funny NAT story for um, you know, all the NATS fans out here that listen the podcast um, I went into the Nets locker room the year before they won the World Series um, and Mark Reynolds was on that Nats team in 2018 um, so was Bryce Harper but Mark Reynolds we sat there and had a, a really long conversation in the locker room he's like you look really familiar and I'm like I was on the Orioles TARP crew back in 2011 and 2012. He was like, that's where I know you from. He was like, I couldn't forget you because of how tall you were. Because if if you all don't know, I'm six foot seven. And so I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, it was pretty cool. The Nets, they've, you know, always been a team that I've respected. I can't, I've never been a Nets hater, even though I'm an Orioles fan. Some Orioles fans hate the Nets. I don't get it, but playing two different, Leagues like it, it, you know, they can coexist. I'm not a fan of the Nets, but I respect them though. I respect what they've done over the years, and you know, it's pretty cool. But of course, this is a Wizards podcast, so number one, you know, what are your thoughts on this season? It, it just seemed like everything just went the way that it did. It nothing really deviated from last year, but it was a whole different cast of players. Um, you know, what do you think went wrong with
1: the season? What are some of the things that you think went right? What went wrong? A lot went wrong. I can tell you that, um, you know, coming into the season, we had our core three, you have Brad KP and Kuzma uh, and you hope that they come together as a, as a big three and the supporting cast fills out the rotation and, and we come into the season hot like we did and continue to, to progress. And, you know, obviously there's going to be some chemistry issues, Um, we didn't see KP and Brad as a duo because Brad hurt his wrist at the end of last season uh, when KP came from the Mavs. Um, And then you had a lot of questions surrounding the young core, you know, Johnny Davis goes to summer league. He can't even get five, five to seven points in summer league. So the expectations have been dropped significantly entering the season. Corey Kispert came along at the end of the the 2021, 22 season, but uh, there was definitely some questions surrounding not only his health, um, being that he got injured uh, in the Japan games, but um, his defense was also lackluster in his first year. Uh, and then you have the, the development of Denny and the development of Rui. We knew Rui and Kuz would be a storyline entering the season because October 17th, we didn't pick up either of their options, meaning that they're both set to hit the open market. So we we knew we were going to have to keep one of them. And it would be an audition in the beginning of the year to see who would be kept. And Kuz, to his credit, outplayed Rui significantly um, you know, Rui was hurt for a little bit as well, but uh, Rui really didn't get that opportunity that we wanted. That's one of the down points, and you see Rui putting up thirty on um on the the other day for the Lakers. You know, it's difficult because we we had to see between Rui, Denny, and and Kuzma, who do we want to value, and obviously. Tommy Shepard comes out and after the Rui trade says it was to unlock Denny and to prioritize Kuz and, and you don't know how true that is because Denny had a good stretch against the bad teams like the Spurs and against the Rockets. We went on the six game win streak and we were like, you know what, maybe this trade works. And then he goes back to averaging eight points and four rebounds per game. And you're like, what was the point of the Rui trade in the first place? So those those storylines between keeping Kuz uh, and Danny over Rui was was one of the things that was disappointing to see because right now you got Rui putting up 30 points and we're stuck with Kendrick Nunn, who's not going to be on the Wizards next year, and three second round picks. And if you went through the list of our second round picks from the last five, 10 years, I don't think one of them has, none of them obviously signed a second contract, but you got guys like Aaron White and Yannick and Zosa, no NBA games whatsoever. Guys like uh, Vit Krejci, who's on the Hawks now and doesn't play um Cassius Winston most recently is in in Germany uh playing in the Berlin League um so you know all those storylines kind of culminated to where we are now it was a bunch of hype before the season we all talked ourselves into thinking that this team could be something more than than a 7 or 8 seed maybe cracking the the 6 seed and missing the play in tournament altogether uh but in in turn they did miss the play in tournament because they were so bad and and they sit in the 12th spot um yet again and now they're they're not top four, they're not one or two, they're picking eighth and they're picking ninth. So it's kind of a similar storyline as you've seen, and that's why it's so disappointing. Oops, never forget that Admiral Schofield
0: pick either. That that's another one that I'm just, you know, kind of scratch my head over. But you know, that that seems to be the MO for the Wizards. Um, I just think that one thing that they could do better is that the biggest thing that that stands out to me is their player development. It's one thing if you draft a player, but are they drafting players to be able to fit into you know their scheme? What scheme are they even running? <laughs> That's another thing. I mean, when it comes to the West Until so offense, he he wants to play at a slow, deliberate pace. Whereas, you know, in the past with Scott Brooks ran running and gunning a little bit more, um we we complained so much. Um, so many people that followed the Wizards back in, you know, the the Nether years, I guess back when Randy Whitman was the head coach. Um, they they just discussed that nauseam, the how the slowness of that offense. Um but this offense, I mean, you had John Wall back then, so the offense couldn't be that slow. But when it came to, you know, some of the other issues that they had, I mean, when they when they moved on, now you have this Tommy Shepard GM situation. You also have Wes Unsell Jr. who took over after Scott Brooks was, um, you know, his contract wasn't renewed. And I don't think things have gotten better. If anything, they've honestly gotten a little bit worse. Um, you know, with Scott Brooks, they were in the playoff. They were they were in the play in. And I understand that Russell Westbrook um, you know, was there and he didn't have the greatest season of his career. And things have only seemingly gone downhill from from there for him. But after that, you know, you would think with Wesson Zell Jr. defensively, they'd be a better team. You had some standouts defensively this season with, you know, Kristaps Porzingis and DeLon Wright standing out. But at the same time, it just seemed like things did not progress the way that they should have. And I think that they weren't great enough off- defensively that their offense can take kind of a back seat. Um, the, the defense needed to be elite for their offense to be able to take the backseat that it did, and the defense wasn't elite. Um, the defense wasn't particularly great either. And when you just have an average defense and a you know mediocre to bad offense, in the NBA you're not going to go anywhere with a mediocre to bad offense. And I just don't think the Wizards got it done. In that sense, they were another bottom 10 um, three point percent shooting team. Um, and that's something that's haunted them for a long time. I mean, this is something that people have talked about since the, I guess the last consistent three point shooter that they had was Bojan Bogdanovich back in 2016, 2017. And I mean, maybe Corey Kispert's the guy, but even then, you know, he wasn't getting enough minutes until later on in the season. So it's a number of things that I think need to change. They don't have a point guard. That's something that we've talked about for a while now. They have not found their point guard. They thought, you know, Russell Westbrook was a one-year fix. John Wall was injured forever. <laughs> um, You know, in between Russell, Russell Westbrook, uh well, right after Russell Westbrook, um, you know, I, yeah, it was an albatross. And then you have Monty Morris, who is there. <laughs> no offense to Monty Morris, but because I, I feel like he is, he is a serviceable backup, but that's all he is. The Wright right is a serviceable, a serv- well, he's a great defender and he's a great backup point guard, but he's not a starter. And the problem is the Wizards have still, not found their starting point guard and i think that if they're going to have a backup point guard they need a backup point guard that can shoot the three at a high clip and they just don't have that and i mean they have delon Wright, who i think plays great on ball defense as a as a backup point guard but they need another backup point guard that can maybe shoot the three i mean geez they need another three they they just need as many three-point shooters and as many guys that can whip the ball around, great passing. Um, it, it was just very unfortunate to see what it became for them because I felt like, you know, it, it could have been better ball movement throughout the season. I mean, I, especially with the the likes of Chris Porzingis, Kyle Kuzma, and Bradley Beal, all three of which are capable passers. I just feel like that bench unit just got cooked constantly. and that's where it hurt the most.
1: Yeah, and if I can if I can add on to your point, you hit it right on the on the head. It's just revolving door at point guard. You don't have any type of young infusion of talent. It's just a fill-in guy here and there and, and a fill-in guy here, you know, you get Russ for John and that's a one-year rental because Russ sees that this team is going nowhere and he wants to go to a contender like the Lakers. Uh you get all those assets back. And then you bring in Dinwiddie. That's your big free agent signing from Tommy. Three years, $63 million deal. He's gone by the deadline, mainly, number one, due to poor play, but number two, due to character issues because he caused so much chaos in in the locker room. And and then you get the next year, you trade KCP, who not only is the best three-point shooter by percentage uh, or maybe behind Luke Kennard, but definitely top three in three-point percentage this year uh, and our our best on-ball defender and you ship him off for Monte Morris, who is a career backup. You know, he's he's six two, he's he's too small to guard these premier point guards. Um, and everyone just takes advantage of him. He's a defensive liability, and the offense is there, he, he gets the ball moving on offense, but defensively, you can't you can't defend four v five. It's essentially four v five with him. And you also get Will Barton back, who was pushed to us as this big trade piece that'll come off the bench and, and give an infusion of scoring and veteran leadership. He's gone by the buyout deadline. He, he was a non-factor and he was getting DMPs after the first 20 games. So again, you're sat here with the, with the decision, you know, you get up another point guard, another fill in, and he's not it. Monte still got one year, nine mil left. DeLon great free agent signing to his credit. He, he does everything very well. He's a great defender. He shoots the three. Okay. But not good enough, but he's not a starting point guard. Like you mentioned, he's a backup and I'm fine keeping him as a backup, but I'd rather move one of those guys because remember we have Goodwin Goodwin's on a four year, $6 million deal to me. Goodwin can do everything those two guys can do. And he's a, and he's a great defender. So if I have to trade Delon to create cap space, to get more depth, I have to do it because I have another Delon that makes $7 million less in Goodwin. And he's here for four more years, or maybe I keep both of them and I trade Monte away because I can't have Monte in my starting lineup defensively. And you try to not only start the the point guard you take in the draft or you sign someone that's a competent point guard that can get the ball moving and can play defense. So, I mean, to your point, man, we need three point shooting and we need a point guard. And it's been, it's been obvious for the last couple of years ever since John, but for some reason, our GM just doesn't feel like it's, it's necessary to fill those voids, even though it, it just clearly is.
0: Well, you know, one, one other person I want to mention too, is uh Quentin Jackson. It was another guy that I, I, I was really impressed with in his short period of time with the wizards um, after he got called up from the G league. And his athleticism was outstanding. I mean, that's one thing you can feel like when it comes to basketball, if you have the athleticism, you can play defense at a high level. And he's so explosive that he's able to just immediately snap like that. And he's right there to the basket. Um, And if you can translate that defensively, and he's on another cheaper deal as well. If somehow you can shed Monte Morris's contract, DeLon Wright's contract and you're playing with a Jordan Goodwin you're giving him a chance you're giving a Quentin Jackson a chance those two guys coming off the bench um and Quentin Jackson's also a larger point guard at six foot five like I, I think that's another thing that aids him in his ability to possibly be able to play that combo guard position and be like that microwave score um Jordan Goodwin just looks steady. He seems like he has the confidence to be able to play out there. Um, that's something that you need in the younger players because, as we saw with Johnny Davis, if your confidence is shot, then you won't be the player that everyone think he, thinks that you can be. Um, and I I hated to see it for Johnny because I think that he has, he has the talent. It's just a question of is the desire there and who's helping him to get to that point of um, you know, feeling comfortable as well. I just feel like it's a hard, it's a struggle. You get to the NBA year, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, and you tried to find your way for the first time. He just had a child as well, too. And, you know, of course, you don't want to make excuses for anyone that is playing at that level, but that's a tough thing to go through. Um, and it's also a eye-opening thing to go through and I feel like Johnny Davis in his own right he's started to kind of come around to an extent now it's not to the extent obviously Wizards fans will like but baby steps and you know maybe he can make the jump next season maybe he can become a serviceable um, you know shooting guard that's a backup maybe another microwave score to come off the bench with Clinton Jackson with the Jordan Goodwin. But it's just unfortunate that this is what it's come to with him at the, at the moment, because if you draft a guy that high, you want him to be a starter. Um And I just, when they, when they got Johnny Davis, it just felt like they, they threw a guy in there that, you know, Bradley Beal wanted because you remember he called him, quote, unquote, a dog. Um, and as we know, he got that dog in him isn't necessarily a trait that translates to someone being good at basketball. So there, there's that. <laughs> but on the flip side of it as well, um, just talking about former first-round draft picks and Johnny Davis, there's a ton of guys that I'm excited for in this upcoming draft. And I'm also excited about the free agency too. Before we even get the free agency, let's talk about the draft. Who is your selection? If the wizard, I mean, if the wizards are one to eight, which is, you know, or like, let's say, let's say the wizards land at, yeah, they're sticking at seven or eight, where like right in their wheelhouse right now. Who do you think they pick with that pick?
1: Uh it's it's hard, you know, you always have like the the late risers that just like surge to the top like Pat Williamses or Scotty Barnes. So obviously a lot's to be said after the draft combine and after the draft lottery. But I mean, it's got to be a point guard I'm targeting in that range. Uh we mentioned in in uh the previous uh, couple of thoughts that we need a point guard because there's been this revolving door and we haven't found a long-term solution. And in such a deep draft with so many great point guards, this is the time that you do it. You're hopefully not going to be picking in the lottery for the next couple of years. So this is your last time to really hit on that pick. Um, And if I'm picking seven, I'm taking Anthony Black. I mean, he's the best player on the board at that time. Obviously the top four is pretty much settled. Top five is probably settled. And the draft probably starts around six. Uh and and I just think if you can get a point guard at seven, you're set. But if you can get a point guard that's not only considered the best defensive point guard in the draft, but is also a terrific floor general, is a good shooter and um and is six seven. I, I just don't know how you can beat that. Uh and and if Anthony Black's gone and I have to take Kasten Wallace, that's fine by me as well. He's the second best defensive point guard in the draft. And he can shoot. Those are two guard prospects that I look at and I say they can probably start from day one and they can develop and help this team down the down the stretch and in the future. Um, there's obviously guys like Cam Whitmore that they're gonna be really talented. I mean, dude, six eight and doing things that people six three can do, but we have so many forwards. That's the reason you traded Rui. Really. I understand some people want to draft for best fit available, um, but you have a positional need at point guard. That hasn't been filled in two years. This is the draft to do it. So I'm taking Anthony Black. I'm taking and Wallace. And if we do go into the top and somehow, some way get top four, it's got to be Scoot Henderson at the top of your board. Obviously, if we get one, we all know who we're taking. But if I'm at seven, I'm at eight. I'm taking Anthony Black. I'm taking Kason Wallace.
0: I will say this. If I'm at four, I think I got to go Amen Thompson if he's still there. Yes. I I really love his explosiveness, too. He's like, I look at Anthony Black and I'm like, he's a better Anthony Black. They look like very similar prospects where they're both like explosive athletes. But the Thompson twins are just freaks. Like they they just have it. Best athletes Um, in the draft. Yes, absolutely. And I think that would fit so well with what the Wizards want to do. The Wizards want to push the pace. Um, you know, Wes Unsell Jr. discussed that just a bit. Um, what, if if they were to get one of those guys, how do you feel like they could transform the team?
1: It's tough to say, just because if we get like the Thompson twins, obviously all these people, are, all these players are so young, you know, you're getting guys from, from the G league, from overtime elite, uh, you know, G league ignite. They're like 18, 19 years old. I, and to, to expect them to come in and start from day one and take this team from a 12 seed to a top five, top six seed is is way too high of expectations. You know, they're, they have the athleticism, they have the skill, but to be a great point guard of the league, you got to be smart. You have to have that IQ, you have to be able to read defenses. And that doesn't come into a lot of players until year two, year three. I mean, you see guys like Halliburton in, the, in year one, he's, he's a good player, but there's so many so much left on the table in terms of learning the game and that comes with experience so I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to come in and start from day one and be that floor general that we need but if you get one of those guys and and you have them come off the bench and eventually develop throughout the year maybe they start down the stretch Um, you know it could be great for this team I think the Thompson twins might be a little more of a project just because they're so raw Uh, but but I mean, Casey Wallace and Anthony Black playing at the level that they played at in the SEC, playing against all that great competition, being the great uh, floor generals and passers that they are. I feel like those guys might be a little more NBA ready. But as we saw from last year, NBA ready doesn't necessarily mean NBA ready because Johnny Davis was considered to be the most NBA ready player. And Johnny Davis spent 60 games in the G League before he could crack the rotation. So It'll be a little bit of a project if we take some of the younger end talent, but you can't expect too much from guys that are 19 coming into the league right onto a team that's in win, in a win-now mode like the Wizards are.
0: And just going back to that point of um, pace and the Wizards needing to pick up the pace, they were ranked 18th in pace, uh, 100.2. Um, and that was tied with the Phoenix Suns, ironically enough, who, you know, if they – were if they were able to, or if they wanted to, I feel like they could move that pace up. I just feel like they're more deliberate team now just because you have so a little bit more age on the team. Um, but when it also comes to offensive efficiency, I think the Wizards were, yeah, another bottom 10 team, um, 22nd in offensive efficiency. Uh, I mean, it's just that that's one thing that I would like to see. I would like to see them hit baskets at a high level. Just make make shots. Their shot making, I feel like, is one of the biggest things that I'm like. Some guy like guys can do it, but can you do it efficiently? And I feel like the Wizards are just one of the least efficient teams in the NBA. And that's also that also goes for defensive efficiency. They give up a lot of points, um, and it's just. It's like, how do they remedy that? Do they, I mean, do you go for the guy? Some people are like, just get the best score. And they have guys that can score on the team, but they can't get stops. And then they have guys that could get stops, but they can't score. It's not enough complete players that they have. And that also has a lot to do with player development. And so that's why I'm a little fearful of whoever the Wizards draft, because I'm like, how does he... Fix this. How did it, How does he fit into this team? Does he get any better? Because Bradley Beal is twenty nine years old, and I'm also twenty nine years old, and that, we're not spring chickens by any means. But you know, right before you hit that thirty mark, you want to have a guy that still has his legs. And Bradley Beal's gone consistently injured, so it can't be. Let's rely on who Bradley Beal wants to pick, who will fit his game. Who will fit, yeah. I mean, I feel like Christoph Sporzingis could fit any guard or wing or whoever the Wizards pick. But Bradley Beal is so ball dominant that I think it may take away from, you know, the development of a young point guard at times. Hopefully not, just because I think that if Bradley Beal plays off ball more, which he did this season, because Kyle Kuzma took a a, he took a huge leap in terms of being able to be a secondary ball handler. Um, and Bradley Beal was more efficient in because of that, but he wasn't able to stay on the court. So I think that Wizards need a point guard that's going to command things in the draft. I'm hoping, like you said, maybe a um, you know a guy like uh, Anthony Black. Anthony Black, I feel like is the guy if I'm the Wizards um, if they're in that range that they're supposed to be picking in. And just in terms of the other offseason moves. Where do you feel like the Wizards can improve the most? I
1: mean, besides point guard, we talk point guard ad nauseum. Where are the other positions? It's it's four to ten. It's it's the depth on this team, and that's been an issue for as long as I can remember. You know, you have three great players: I, Brad, Kuz, KP. All twenty point scores. They're gonna get theirs. They're gonna get it efficiently. Uh, And they're going to put up big numbers. But the problem is when you have a bunch of guys that can't, like like you mentioned, some guys can defend and can't shoot. Some guys can shoot and can't defend. We don't have enough around them to make other teams respect those role players. Teams double KP every single time in the post because like, oh, you got Denny Avdi on the three-point line. I'll have him take as many threes as he wants. Denny Denny doesn't want to shoot more than the other team wants him to shoot. You know, you have people like Corey that he can space the floor better, but I'm going to attack him on defense because he can't defend. Same thing with Monte and Monte can't shoot either. You know, there's a bunch of guys that don't do anything great. You know, they do a bunch of things. Okay. uh, And you can't have a team like that. You need more depth. And obviously you can go the route of running back KP and, and Gafford as the two big men starting lineup. But I just feel like we need a small forward, you know, I'd prefer KP play the five, Kuz play the four, and you get a small forward, that's three and D. You know, he can defend as well as space the floor with the three-point shot. You're not going to get Mikhail Bridges or anyone in that range because he's he's amazing. He's the best three and D in the league. But, you know, there's guys out there in the open market that you can certainly look at, maybe via trade, maybe if you sign them in free agency. Uh, but there's certainly, like, guys out there that can fill that void of, not just being able to defend, not just being able to shoot, but being able to do both. Uh, And and like you mentioned in the start, we need three point shooters because it's a three point driven league guys that can space the floor and make sure that I can't double team Bradley Beal when KP and Kuzma are on the bench. I can't double team KP when he's got the ball up top of the elbow. You know, it's the depth on this team that I think you can improve. And obviously you got to look at the free agents list. Uh, There's, there's a lot of, decent for agents out there. If I, if I pull up uh, the list, um, I, I don't know if we can afford some of these guys, but you Jeremy Grant, Harrison Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., Malik Beasley, just to name a few, you know, those, those are all guys that can, can do both things very well. Um, and money's going to be tight, like we mentioned. Uh, so you might have to get one through the draft, but we need guys that can defend and that can shoot because that's the climate of this league
0: yeah and i think that you know maybe it it may take some consolidation to do that i mean do you trade a couple of young guys and and consolidate to you know get to that point i mean denny uh, that's the thing i feel like they push denny very heavily (laughs) monumental sports network very much pushes denny um and um you know it it seems like at times Maybe the priorities with the Wizards are, you know, we we made this joke a long time ago um, in the podcast where we were like, "Are they going to have Romanian Heritage Night, or are they going to field a basketball team?" And the thing is, like, if there, if it's a great Romanian player, absolutely throw him on the court. But if it's a guy that's just there and just exists, I don't care. <laughs> You know, if I'm if I'm a fan, like I don't want to see that out there, you know, where they're just like, okay, well, we tried to reach this audience. Okay, that's fine. However, they're a good player. That's the best way to reach an audience. Find the right players, you know, develop Denny. And I feel like Denny can still be a good player. But the problem is I also feel like I don't trust the Wizards player development, which is. Something I will continually say. I think that's where the biggest issue lies. You know, you can draft a ton of guys, but how are they going to get better? Um, you could pick the best player, and maybe he does, he has so many things that he does well, in spite of what the Wizards will try to teach him to do. So, you know, yeah,
1: that's, if if I can touch on that, you know, it's been an issue for a while now. Um, there was a quote yesterday from Rui just talking about how much it's changed going from the late, the Wizards player development to Lakers player development obviously you have Phil Handy there very well respected player development coach and now really putting up 30 points a game in, in in the playoffs and we got guys like Corey and Denny and Johnny that are slowly getting there and by year four or five maybe they're a competent player but that's the time where they're going to demand money you need those guys to develop faster so that you can pay the three guys you want to you want to pay and have these guys on their rookie contracts that's the problem here we're not accelerating this thing any quicker by having guys peak in year five and then not having the money to retain those guys like Rui and that's been the issue
0: exactly and you know not having I mean how many how many first round picks have the Wizards had that haven't signed second deals I mean, it's been think, since Otto Porter, right, if I'm not mistaken?
1: I think, yeah. It's hard because Brad was like a – it wasn't actually – it was like an extension sort of, so it wasn't like a, he re-signs at a free agency, but, yeah, probably Otto because we matched that max contract with Brooklyn, one of the worst contracts I've ever seen
0: Yeah, I when when they kept Otto, I just didn't understand that considering the fact that, you know, you had a player that was – kind of similar to Otto and Kelly Oubre, because the Wizards, let's not forget the Wizards drafted like 50 wings and called it a day. Um, In the, in like the mid 2012, I mean, mid 2010s, like, you know, you had your Otto Porters, you had your Kelly Oubre, you had your Troy Brown juniors. I mean, the list goes on and none of it worked out. (laughs) Um, So that's just one thing about the Wizards that, is unfortunate and I just don't think it's gotten any better um with their player development and I think that you know Denny uh Denny Abdi is another wing guy who just hasn't developed the way that we've expected so that's just unfortunate um but hopefully it could get better on there and I think it can it just needs to be a, a a big overhaul. Who's going, are they going to bring more people in from the outside? I feel like that's always a good thing. Um, you know, sometimes you have to overpay people <laughs> to come in. Um, and that's the, that's the other thing too. Like Tommy Shepard is a guy that's been there forever. I think what their biggest issue is that they don't have anyone that's holding them accountable from the outside. That's like, look, this is not how we've done it. This is not correct. Um, and it's been kind of the same thing over and over and over again. I mean, this is very Tommy Shepard. The one thing that I'll say that he does better than Ernie Grunfeld did is that he makes better trades. Um, other than that. <laughs> I just no. I don't know what else to say. It's just unfortunate. But, you know, on that note, Greg, where where can we follow you at on Twitter?
1: Uh, you can follow me uh, at Greg Finberg, G R E G F I N B R G. Uh, I mean, during the Wizards season, I live tweet every game. I post keys to the game. Um, always tapped in with the latest on this team because for some reason, even though they suck every year, I still watch all 82 games. Uh, and, and you can find uh, my blog that I post every Wednesday. It's in the link in my bio called Wizards Wave. Um, just post, you know – weekly content about the wizards, what's going on. I think this week's blog post will be off se- an off season preview looking at what dates are important for this for this off season so that's where you can find me as well. but thank you uh, Kyle for having me on this was really fun
0: Absolutely Greg and everyone you can follow me at Kyle J Andrews underscore on Twitter and um you know also Capital Crossover we are at Capital Cross Pod on Twitter. So thank you guys, and we appreciate having Greg on once again, and we'll have to have him on a lot more as time goes on, just because, you know, you're only a freshman at Penn State, but, you know, you're you're a Wizards fan veteran, (laughs) (laughs) because you've been through it all. You've been through it all. So thanks again, man, and uh, we'll have to have you on again soon. Of course, of course.